Hello, Teaching Plus listeners. This is Ellen Watson, Senior Educational Developer at the Center for Teaching and Learning. In this four-episode mini-series, Chris Berger, also from the Center for Teaching and Learning, talks to Dr. Roshan Abraham about online education in the medical field. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. I am Chris Borger. Welcome to another CTL podcast, where today we'll be interviewing Dr. Roshan Abraham. Uh, Dr. Roshan, how are you doing today? Doing really well. Thank you for letting me be a part of this. No worries. Thank you so much for joining us today uh, on our little uh, podcast as we go and kind of discuss some of your experiences that you've had as you've made the shift to teaching remotely and online. Uh, So just to start off, I'd love to learn a little bit about you and have our listeners learn about you as well. Uh, I see that you work uh, in the Department of Family Medicine at the U of A as an assistant professor, as well as the undergraduate pre-clerkship director. Uh, Would you tell us a little bit about your role as the undergraduate pre-clerkship director? Thank you for letting me speak about this. In the Department of Family Medicine, we have quite a strong support for uh, undergraduate teaching. And what what do we mean by undergraduate teaching? That's actually the MD program. So uh, that's the medical school. And my responsibility in the department is to actually lead the content that's delivered by family doctors in the pre-clerkship setting. Uh, For listeners that aren't aware, pre-clerkship are those first two years of medical school where students are largely in classrooms, although there are some outside of classroom activities as well that they have. And so much of that content uh, is going to be delivered through lectures or small group settings. And any of that that's delivered by family doctors, which there's actually quite a bit of it at our program and we're fairly unique that way, um, I'm, I'm in charge of that. So it gives me an opportunity to interact with a lot of these students when they're starting off. And it allows me to create uh, some pretty cool projects and content uh, when they're all there um, in the lecture halls from what it used to be pre-pandemic and now over Zoom. So uh, that's that's my main um, my main role, but I also teach at one of our residency sites, so teaching sites. So I actually have a clinic at the Grey Nuns Family Medicine Center and I have a patient panel there and we teach our residents who are graduated medical students that are now doing family medicine as their chosen specialty. And those are my two biggest roles. I have other ones as well, but those are the ones that that occupy the the largest amount of my time. And I, yeah, I know that you're also the communications director of the Came Foundation as well. Yes, that's a, that's it. That is a new role, and and it's not even though the large portion of my portfolio in undergraduate work in, in the med in the med school is actually around the curriculum of, of communication. So that's history taking. This communications is the more traditional one that we see in the corporate world. So PR, social media, those types of things. And I'm 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 dipping my toe into that. I'm not a, a huge expert, but there is enough overlap between communications teaching as well as sort of that traditional communications work uh, that I think it could benefit me in my career and 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 hopefully benefit some of the students as well. Absolutely. I assume you're not wasting your time. I would never suspect someone like you to be doing that. <laughs> as the uh, communications director, as you had said, yeah, you're dealing mostly with PR, social media, and that kind of. Uh, things of that nature. I'd imagine with that, you'd have to be able to navigate and, you know, master, you know, multiple different programs and uh, social media sites. Did you find that diving into that prepared you at all 
uh, for transitioning onto more online education? Actually, no. It's it's actually right. quite a bit the opposite. Uh, I'm I'm not a social media buff. Uh, I I I love to watch social media and and to observe and to see the interactions, especially at a at a basic communications level. So how are people interacting? And I think that's where the common theme is for me, is how is it that we communicate amongst all these different spheres of, of learning? And, and I count social media as a sphere of learning. The, I, I'd say the, the, the switch to online delivery or virtual delivery, whether it be Zoom or other sort of other platforms, has been my natural inclination to want to try and adapt and adopt new technologies. And that's always been the case for me. There's always been that interest, but I'm really interested in the communications piece. So how is it that people are actually interacting on these sites um, in these areas? And what are we missing um, by, by excluding or Maybe not. I mean, there's certain things that we are going to miss out on and students are going to miss out when we actually move them to some of these virtual settings. And I think to me, how we communicate in those spheres will be will be really interesting to see as we continue on with these pandemic con- uh, containment measures. Absolutely. And what, what are some of those things that you suspect that students might miss out on from transitioning to uh, online delivery? And I know this is talked about a lot, but nonverbal behaviors and those interactions that we have that we just really take for granted when we're sitting in front of or beside someone else, either experiencing a lecture in a small group setting, maybe you're in a clinic with another student, or maybe you're just maybe you're just studying with somebody else. There are all these cues and these nonverbal cues that make us human and provide us with the richness that is our experience on a day-to-day basis. As soon as that's cut out, the learning and the engagement will likely start to suffer as well in some of these online settings. And I think a lot of people are worried about that. But what I think is a unique opportunity is really trying to explore a lot of these programs, these online venues, and see what, what we can do to make up for that. I think there are a lot of ways that we can uh, that we can potentially even provide more engagement and offer students an opportunity to become engaged through creation of some of this content as well, which is something that I'm I'm interested in, in looking at in more detail. Yeah, student engagement is definitely can be so tricky. You know, even if you're in, uh, you know, a physical, the same setting as someone else. And yeah, as you mentioned, when you're not uh, in that same physical space, you're missing out on tons of physical cues that we're not, uh, you know, giving each other that we as humans communicate with so much. Thank you for listening to Teaching Plus. This Teaching Plus podcast is created by the University of Alberta Center for Teaching and Learning team. For more information on any of our services, please find us online at ctl dot ualberta dot ca. Until next time, keep tweaking your teaching.